Welcome to the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, The Lord is My Good Shepherd, from Psalm chapter 23. One of the most iconic pictures of Jesus is as a good shepherd toting a sheep across his shoulders. David, being a shepherd, is able to paint a picture of God as the kind of good shepherd carrying his people through life's difficulties. Maybe you need a reminder that you have a shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am glad the Lord is my good shepherd. Here's Pastor Tim. There's the lane, there's the leader, there's the learner in this verse. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Now, for, for, for him, me to say that I am the learner and he is the leader is more than me simply saying, well, he's my leader, he's my Lord, he's my master. In order for me really to prove that, then I have to follow that. I have to learn from him. That's what Jesus said, wasn't it? Learn from me. What did he say to his disciples? He said, follow me. He said it then, he's still saying it today. Follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And what does he say about that? He says, if anyone, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow after me. Anybody can be the learner. Anybody who wants to. There's one more thing in this verse, and that's the laurels. The laurels. This, this last phrase of this tells me why. Why does he bother to lead me in paths of righteousness? Why didn't he just say, all right, well, if Tim wants to be a knucklehead, just let him be a knucklehead. Let him choose, let him choose whatever he wants to. He's going to suffer the consequences. Just let him go. He doesn't do that necessarily for my sake. Why does he do that? It says it right there in your verse. It is for his name's sake. For his glory, all the laurels go to him. Verse 4. The Lord is my protector. He is my protector. I want you to notice that verse number 4 begins with the word, yea. <laughs> Not nay, but yea. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It means, yes, those times are coming. We don't want them to. We plan for them as if they won't. But they are going to come. And, and, and maybe, maybe it's this verse, and I suppose that it is, is one of the primary reasons why we use this as a, uh, as a funeral passage. Because I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. What David simply writes in Hebrew is, this is the darkest valley. Yea, though I walk through the darkest of valleys. A place that is dark is a place that is dangerous. A place that is dark is a place that is difficult to navigate. You're going to need to go through some dark and dangerous and difficult times. Like, a, like, like walking through a dark alley at night. But you have a protector. And that's the point of this passage. What is it that protects me? Number one, it's God's presence that protects me. It's God's presence that protects me. Now, it's natural, isn't it? It's natural to be afraid if I'm walking down a dark alley at night alone in a very 
dark and dangerous and difficult place. But you're not alone. David says, I will not fear. My Bible, you know, I like to write my Bible and I can remember things that God's done in my life and specific things I feel like He gives me direction on. But at some point, right where it says, I will fear no evil, I wrote the word, why? How? And drew an arrow down to the very next phrase, for you are with me. It is natural to be afraid of difficult times in life. So why will I not fear? Not because I'm super brave. Not because, not because I just feel like I just have to. But because He is with me. His presence is with me. Imagine walking down that dark alley at night. But you're not alone. Not only do you have somebody else with you, but you got somebody with you. You know, somebody that can take care of things just in case things go bad. When you're walking with Jesus, His presence protects you from fear and protects you from all sorts of other evils. It's God's presence that protects me. It is God's prescriptions that protect me. God's prescriptions that protect me. I think that's also what you find here in verse number 4. In fact... There are uh, three different kinds of sheep that we can find in these verses. Stubborn sheep. Stubborn sheep are those kind of sheep who always want to go their own way. They always want to rebel. You know, that my, my sheep always go astray, the Bible says, to do their own thing. So what does God use for their protection? It says right here, your rod comforts me. Now, there's not a whole lot that's comforting if you're on the business end of a rod. A rod is basically a club that's used to fight off predators, but it's also used for discipline, for that sheep that is stubborn, that will not listen to and follow his shepherd. Shepherd uses the rod, and he uses it effectively. That's why he encourages Parents to learn how to effectively use the rod in disciplining their children. But they're not only stubborn sheep that need God's protection, they're also straying sheep that need God's protection. Straying sheep are the ones who tend to wander off. They're wayward. They're backslidden. So what does God use for their protection? He says, not only does your rod comfort me, but your staff, it does comfort me. The staff is that shepherd's crook that you're familiar with, the pole uh, that, that, that the shepherd gently uses to correct or to corral his sheep in the right places. You know, sometimes I need God to be <laughs> uh, very forward with me. Let's just put it that way. I need him to be just straight up with me. There are other times I need his gentle touch. And I don't always know which one I need. I know which one I prefer, and that's the one I often want to pick. But that's not always the one that I need. And God knows exactly what his sheep need. They're stubborn sheep. They're straying sheep. And then they're sickly sheep. 
sick sheep need the Lord. They need the Lord's protection. They, they oftentimes eat what they shouldn't eat. They sometimes suffer for that or for, for just for living in the world that we live in. So what does God use for their protection? Look down to the middle of that very next verse. He says, you anoint my head with oil. It's their medicine that he uses, that the shepherd uses to keep out and to fight infection. Here's the point. In God's protection, God knows who you are. God knows how you are. God knows where you are. God knows what you need. And He can protect you through anything that you find yourself in. Verse 5. Verse 5 reminds me that the Lord is my provider. Jehovah Jireh is my provider. The Lord says that He meets all of our needs according to His riches and glory. You know, not out of, but according to, out of His nature that is eternal. But it also reminds me that He provides for me, first of all, sufficiently. In verse number 5, He says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The prepared table was there to honor the esteemed guest, or the guest of honor. In this case, that's you. You are at His table. You're invited to His table. And He is providing for you. It's a reminder to us that God is gracious. By the way, in their customs, the host was responsible for the safety of their guest. So even in the presence of the enemies, you can sit down and enjoy that meal that's been prepared for you. Not because you have to eat with a fork in one hand and have a sword in the other. You can simply concentrate on the goodness that God's given to you because it is Him as the host, His responsibility to protect you so that those enemies, though they still are there, pose no threat when your protector is present. He provides for us sufficiently, meets everything that we need on that table, but He also provides in surplus surplus. Not only does he fill my cup, but he fills it to excess. Notice what he says, my cup runs over. This reminds me that not only is God gracious, but that God is generous. He fills us to overflowing. I'm reminded that the Bible says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to the power that works in us. He desires to fill you. And to fill you with goodness until you can't hold any more and then still give you some more on top of that. Verse number 6. The first part of verse number 6 reminds me that the Lord is my pursuer. The Lord is my pursuer. That He is pursuing me. Sometimes we, we sing that in a, in a verse that, that your love is chasing after me. That's the idea that we have here. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I heard a story of a woman who suffered with paranoia, who went to see a Christian counselor about her problem, and so she described to the doctor uh, about this couple of people that she's aware of that's stalking her. When the therapist asked her if she'd ever been attacked, she said no. When the therapist asked her if this couple had ever approached her, she said no but that she was always aware of them. 
the doctor took her here to Psalm 23 and said, it is goodness and mercy that is following you for the rest of your life. And she said that she lived in peace. Now, you don't have to be crazy. <laughs> you don't have to have stalkers in order for this verse to appeal to you. What's he saying? He is saying that God's goodness and God's mercy to you, his characteristics of those things, are always going to be ministered to you continually. Why? Because you belong to him. He's taking care of his children. In this case, he is taking care of his sheep. And he's not going to let you or withhold any good thing from you. Listen, the Bible says that there's not one person who seeks after God of their own accord. I mean, I, I want him to do good for me, but I'm not looking for him in good. I want him to be merciful to me, but I'm not seeking his mercy. But he seeks me. He loves me. He loves you. And he wants that relationship with you that is personal. And so he takes the initiative. And he pursues you lovingly. There's one more thing in this verse, one more phrase right there at the very end. David says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It reminds me that the Lord is my preserver. He is my preserver. It's not my responsibility to keep myself. It's his responsibility to keep me. I am in the Father's hand. And no one is able to snatch me out of the Father's hand. And we talk about eternal life and we talk about eternal security. And I think we're right in doing that. Sometimes we'll say it means once saved, always saved. It, 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 for some people, it means that it gives them a license somewhere to sin. Because I'm saved, I'll always be saved. Now I can do whatever I want to do. That's not how that works. Because I'm saved, because I'm forever saved, I now can do the things that please Him. The, we used to refer to it as the, as the perseverance of the saints. The only, the only thing I don't like about that word is it makes it seem like I have to be the one to persevere. It's the preservation of the saints. He preserves me. He keeps me. It's God who holds us in His hand. It's God who keeps me forever and forever and forever. There is a certainty in our faith that David described simply by saying, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Not as his prisoner, but absolutely free. In his house that is created specifically for you. When I was a kid, I used to dream about, you know, what, what my house would look like when I was, when I was grown I knew that I would have one room that was a total baseball room. It would look like a baseball field. You know, you walk in the door and there it is. This looks like a baseball field. I wanted a room that was upside down. You walk in the room and all the furniture's up on the ceiling. And it was a weird kid for sure. What I've discovered is, is that life doesn't turn out that way. And Dina's very thankful for that. <laughs> what I've learned though about the house of God through these years, is that the word that Jesus uses when he says, in my Father's house are many mansions, or many rooms, sometimes you'll have that in that phrase. It's essentially the same word that's used in the Old Testament when God describes the Noah's Ark. and describes the places where those animals are kept. You know, I think one of the most 
wonderful things about the ark that's in Kentucky is that it gives you a visual image of what that could have looked like. You know, I, I don't think I ever really gave that any thought, you know. I always thought it was like the things that you see as children that, you know, there's a boat and there's a bunch of animals on it. Okay, big deal. You know, well, it is a big deal when you've got all those different kind of animals together, right? And every animal has its own kind of needs. You know, the, the needs of an elephant are very different than the needs of a dog. The, the needs of an inchworm are very different than the needs of a bird. So every room is different. Every room is made specifically for that animal. So when Jesus said, in my Father's house are many rooms, I'm going to prepare a place for you. For you. That's a place I'd like to dwell for forever. Let's pray. Jesus, we're so thankful for this psalm that brings us comfort in times of grief. It gives us hope in times of hopelessness. It gives us assurance in times of confusion. We're thankful for your presence. We're thankful for your protection and for your shepherd-like qualities over us. We yield to you. You are our shepherd. We are the sheep of your pasture. We give you ourselves. We yield ourselves to you afresh tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together. If you want to come to the altar, come on. If you want to come to me, come on. Whatever you need to do tonight. Anything in response to that, let's do it. Let's sing. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at britdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.